Hello and welcome to the Broadcast News Wrap, keeping you across the biggest news stories in the world of TV. Last week, 20 women made accusations against the actor Noel Clark. It reignited heat and anger around this type of behaviour thrives in the TV industry structure. Joining myself and Max Galbar this week are two women on the forefront of this campaign, Mariel Beale and Alex Pumphrey, who discuss their reactions to the Noel Clark accusations and share some of their solutions to tackling TV's HR conundrum. All that, plus a little bit of what we've been watching on this week's Broadcast News Wrap. Mariel Beale is a freelance development producer currently working for Objective Media Group. Last year, she was elected Bechtu's unscripted bullying and harassment officer and quickly initiated the union's unseen on-screen campaign, which led to an outpouring of harrowing accounts of bullying from across the industry and has helped to really flip the conversation. Axe Pumphrey is the chief executive officer of the film and TV charity. She released a statement in the wake of the allegations last week, calling them utterly unacceptable and urged collective action to be taken to ensure people in positions of power aren't able to abuse it. Um, and I thought, Alex, I might start with you first. Kind of what were your initial reactions to the to the Noel Clark news when it broke last week? I think, like many people, I've run the whole gamut of emotions from horror and anger to, you know, moments of despair as well, because we've been, you know, many of us have been talking about the bullying and harassment problem of the industry for, you know, a period of time now, and that this level this depth and breadth of abuse can persist today is is you know it's it's really just massively saddening to to all of us and I think it's indicative of a a wider and endemic problem within the industry. And then Mariel kick kick straight to you then how about you? Yeah similar I I also felt huge disappointments. There was a definite reaction of Oh no, really? And I know it's just allegations at this point, but a sense that, you know, somebody that's been held up to be a strong progressive figure who's had to battle to get where they are, somebody that we're all supportive of. And once again, we're in this situation where it's women who are bearing the brunt of things and it's not considered unacceptable. And that's when my WhatsApp messages started going crazy. And that's when everybody started getting really angry. Were you? I, I wondered if if you guys were. It, it's such a big story, specifically Noel Clark, and and it obviously was such a bombshell in the sense of him having won basically the highest award that can be bestowed on on anybody, like in the industry, like outstanding contribution from BAFTA. So I was wondering if you guys were surprised by both the person and and also the behavior or, or or did it come to you as as something that you you had expected some kind of big star to be engaging in that behavior for a long period of time maybe Mariel, we could start with you on that um, it's not something i expect but it's um it's not something that's a particular surprise when i hear about it uh i think you know that there are always conversations going on within the industry about problematic people and as you know the phrase that really struck home with me when those women were speaking about their experiences was operating in plain sight so there is a sense of not being that surprised but just being really really let down definitely I was thinking uh, in in terms of kind of it's definitely the last I'd say the last year kind of more and more um 
people are coming out, more kind of people are being exposed and it feels kind of like it's snowballing a little bit. Um, it obviously shows that it, the problem is really endemic. And, and I wondered, maybe Alex, um, why do you think it is so endemic? What kind of about the industry, I guess, kind of feeds it, if, if that's what you see is correct? Yeah, I think there's a lot about the structure and the culture of the industry that unfortunately lends itself to bad behaviours and abuse of this nature. And, you know, the fact that we're a predominantly freelance workforce, more than half the people working within the industry are freelance. So they're working from project to project. And, you know, we know we learned a lot when we did our Looking Glass survey back in 2019. And I think the same would be true now that people feel there is a lack of professionalism very often in those environments, you know, basic behaviours that I think would, you know, I think, you know, I, as part of the charity, I work in an office environment and I often say if some of those behaviours occurred in the environment I work in or the environment that you work in as journalists, it would be deemed utterly unacceptable. And I think culturally a lot has been deemed to be um, acceptable that outside the bubble of our industry simply would not be. But that, stru- that project-based structure means that people you know, financially always have to be on the lookout for their next their next job and their le- next gig. And that makes it, you know, really hard to put up your hand about issues that you've experienced because people's greatest fear is that that will be, they will be labelled a troublemaker, that will be a black mark against their name. And this creates a kind of veil of silence that precludes people naturally from speaking up. And I think how we as an industry work together to create safety for individuals to be able to speak up and report these incidents you know hopefully before it reaches the the scale and gravity of the the situation with Noel Clark I think is a really you know it was always a pressing question which has been thrown into an even sharper focus by by the events that we heard about at the end of last week. Mariel you uh, we were just talking before we started the record you um wrote an open letter this week urging a rethink of the culture of TV and film. Uh, You said it is time to put an end to this culture that turns a blind eye to predators and harassers operating in plain sight. At this point, it's amassed nearly a thousand signatures, including some some very high profile people. Uh, So what what drove you to to write the open letter, first of all? Uh, It was a sense of a sense of anger from the uh, Noel Clark story, but also so as I say, my, my WhatsApps were going crazy. Every single person seemed to have their own story, not with him, but with other people. And I thought, this is unbelievable, isn't it? That it's been normalised. It's been accepted. It's been kind of, it happens, it happens so often that everybody just gets on with it. And it felt a bit like the Emperor's New Clothes. I thought, if I, if I sort of stick my head above the parapet here, Will people back me up and say, actually, yes, this is wrong? Or will everybody go, no, it's fine? And luckily, everybody seems to say there is a problem. Staying on the letter quickly, I kind of wanted to unpack a little bit more and um, and kind of read one line from it that really stuck out to me. It's where you kind of, you talk about microaggressions. And it says, it kind of uh, refers to a few saying a young female runner taking, taking a joke of being asked for a gangbang by her senior male producer how does she handle a Twitter account being set up in her name with inappropriate tweets sent to presenters she's working with? Um, and the, these kind of like microaggressions totally, but kind of uh, 
not as explicit, not as obvious. And those kind of types of behaviours that are kind of often relayed off as jokes, say, quite often are kind of quipped, oh, you can't handle the joke, those types of things. I wonder why do you think they don't get reported in the same way as, as other kind of incidents get reported? Well, I mean, if you put yourself in that position and you're the only woman in a room full of men and you're the most junior person there, uh, and it's your boss that's making those comments. I think it's easy to maybe understand why you go away and you think, well, I, that was horrible, but maybe it's a one-off. So maybe it won't happen again. Um, and, and maybe you don't even know who you could turn to, who would you trust? Um, so I think that is one of the reasons why I'd like to see some a very clear person who's on productions um, in the way that we now have COVID, COVID supervisors, the kind of equivalent of that for somebody that can be turned to um, as a trusted, independent person that people can go and talk to. Yeah, so so that's kind of, oh, so kind of, a, again, like a HR professional, but you would, they would be on set, on, on every set, that there would be the person that you'd go to to report things. Is that kind of what you're calling for? Yeah, I think so. I mean... Obviously, it's a budget issue, but I think I'd put that to one side for a moment and just think about shifting things, you know, hugely. There needs to be a huge shift. This has been accepted for too long. And women are really angry. There's a real sense of anger out there at the moment. On the budget thing, do you think that's why that it hasn't already been as a standard, having somebody on set in that capacity? It's been around budgets. I'm sure that would be considered an excuse but I think it just hasn't come up I just don't think this has been discussed properly and I mean there's so much that we could talk about but even saying when I said to you just then women are really angry I immediately wanted to qualify it and say because we're not really allowed to be angry you know we're considered hysterical or oversensitive or lots of other things but but no I think it's it's time to accept women's anger and to just say, actually, we need to listen to them. Yeah, would, would, you, would you concur with that, Alex? We, we can talk maybe in a little bit more detail about how this process would work. But I was struck by a tweet. I can't remember who was tweeting, but I was struck by a tweet I saw a few days ago that said something like, there are seven HR professionals in a TV industry of 70,000 people. So one HR per, per 7,000 which, um, yeah, is sort of signposting how these things are allowed to happen. So clearly a designated individual is something that would hopefully go some way to helping solve that. So what do you think about all of this, Alex? Yeah, I think, look, it's this problem of endemic bad behaviour is very complex and it is cultural and it is structural. And I think from all the work we've done led by Lucy Tallon who heads up our bullying and collective accountability work what we know is there's no silver bullet solution it's you know I think it's a problem that needs to be tackled from many different angles simultaneously and that requires many of us to be able to work together you know with real resolve and commitment to try and move the needle on these problems and I think it takes lots of different actions working concert and I think you know at this point what's really important is that the industry can come together you know both the industry bodies which Mary and I are both part of 
and the commissioners and those with decision-making power to look at you know all all the things we can do because it is about it is about making the right pledges it is about having the right policies in place it is about having the right reporting structures and promoting those reporting structures it's about supporting the individuals it's about having a greater presence on set as Mariel says and I all these things need to work together and I think that's the only way that we are going to have an impact and you know what I think a positive that could come out of this would be to galvanize that cross-industry effort and to pull everyone together for us to kind of you know double down on our efforts to um to make a change so I, I mean that's a messy answer but I think it's a messy problem and I you know I just I just don't think there are easy answers to it and we need to we need to recognize that mm-hmm. and and prior to I mean yeah it sounds like it sounds like there's a lot of work to come, but it, it also sounds like that's already started to an extent. So is is what's happening at the moment to kind of set the wheels in motion to make some of these changes? Well, I think that, you know, there is there is work to be to be optimistic. I think there is work that's underway. You know, on the 17th of March, a number of organisations across the industry came together to restate their commitment to root out bullying and harassment in the industry. I think the events the last few days is you know, more proof if it were ever needed about the importance and the urgency of that. After BFI have their checklist, we've been developing, you know, our role is in supporting, providing direct support to individuals, and we've been launching new resources that can do that. So our, um, our dedicated bullying advisor that's available through our support line that can help someone understand that and navigate their, their options if they've experienced bullying and an instant recording tool called Spot, which helps you make a really comprehensive record of an experience you've had that we know can both help you process that incident and also gives you something if you if you do want to escalate that incident but I I think there is a there is a question now of kind of what more and what next you know where do we go next because clearly none of those things those things are all useful but not going to be sufficient to to solve yeah to solve a problem of this nature and that's where I think the industry's got to come together and you know I think we've collectively got to try and figure out a bunch of answers to that question. Alex, I was thinking from where we started the conversation where you kind of talked about the informality of TV often leading to a lot of these problems and the kind of freelance nature. I wondered, have you you looked at other industries that maybe have similar structures to TV that might have done it correctly or have you done any work to look around at other industries that have kind of nailed this problem or could hold up as a good example to kind of learn from I guess yeah there there are some interesting analogies and perhaps they're not the things you first think of but the construction industry is one that we've spoken about before because it's you know like in tv it's predominantly freelance you've got a large freelance workforce that work for quite a small number actually of big commissioners that the equivalent the big construction companies in that industry there's you know some as you might expect some some real or happy and some real cultural issues very predominantly male and macho culture that had lent itself to serious mental health problems in that in that industry and interestingly the large construction companies came together a few years ago and and created a new initiative called Mates in Mind, which was specifically to try and get people talking and supporting one another and, and shift both the culture and the, the, the levels of support that are available within that industry. That has had some 
has had some positive effects. So I think, you know, whether or not there are very direct lessons there, I think it's heartening to know that where there is real, I think, evidence-based and collaborative action, that that can have an effect. And that's, I suppose, the, the lesson that I think we need to take into, into our industry as well. well. I was just thinking about, I just wanted to say that I think, it, you know, Alex was saying before about how complicated it is, and it, and it is so complicated because apart from anything else, TV is such a, it's full of creative people, it's full of passionate people, They've got really strong opinions and they're up against shortening schedules and tight budgets. And I think it is easy for tempers to fray and things to get out of hand. But that's still completely different to bullying and harassment. And that's that's a that's a line that everybody has to be really aware of. And it's just been undiscussed and unacknowledged for a long time that that line's been crossed. Mm-hmm it's like a perfect storm almost because you've got those crazy time pressures with with budgets slipping down as it is and then people being put in situations that aren't necessarily normal everyday working situations it feels like the the two have sometimes kind of combined to create these toxic environments and something something else i think we were thinking about is maybe is there an issue of where the onus falls because of the nature of tv being a a broadcaster producer relationship do you think it maybe needs to be more specific in terms of who is responsible for this stuff broadcaster or producer or is it a case of them always working together well i I think it's if you don't mind me going into this i mean i think it's pretty clear in contractual terms that a freelancer is employed by a production company and it's therefore the production company that has a duty of care towards that individual. The issues come in where there's, where that production company, you know, some some are very large and some are very small. If that production company, and many do this brilliantly, but if that production company is not well-resourced or doesn't have those policies in place or doesn't have the correct reporting channels or the correct support available to people, that's where the issues come in. And for commissioners and broadcasters, quite often they, they really don't have much visibility down their supply chain. It's really, it can be oftentimes um, hard for them to know what is what is happening and therefore where they um, might need to you know, have difficult conversations about how to improve working conditions. But I think, you know, um, I think all the conversations that we're having, including the one we're having today is, you know, it does increase awareness of these issues and it therefore does improve visibility. And I hope that that will pave the way to action as well. Mariel, what do you? I feel like the buck stops with the broadcaster, doesn't it? In the first instance, you'd go to your the production company. And I think most places would want to resolve it and would want to resolve it, you know, the best way they could and they would resolve it internally. And there's, there's various things that have been suggested that perhaps, you know, if there's a complaint, perhaps the producer has to log it with the broadcaster. I don't know if that's particularly fair, but there's various ideas that have been put forward by people and that are being discussed. But I think ultimately the broadcaster needs to look and say, you know, if there's been ultimate whisperings or complaints about a company, they need to, they need to look into that. They need to think about that. Mm. Um, and why would it be unfair for for that system of a complaint being logged with a with a broadcaster? Well, maybe it's not unfair. I just want to think. You know, it's got to be. We can't just get into a situation, obviously, where you can just make complaints against people and mm. they are accepted. But you know, it, it, there has to be some give and take, doesn't there, mm. on both sides? It can't just be 
know, you could say anything you want about a company and then and then they go under. That's nobody wants that. But yeah, we still need to take people seriously. We still need to listen to them. Do you see that as a as a big problem at the moment? Do you see that everything that's going on right now that that could lead to a scenario where companies kind of are going under or or kind of coming out on the wrong foot of situations? I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's at that point. I would hope that you know, with my with my producer hat on, I'd, I'd hope that people can still. Uh, you know sort themselves out and if, if there's a problem at, at a at an indie I would hope that they would resolve it address it and move forward and be better I would hope that people who work there feel that they're psychologically safe to work there and that they can speak up and they can be heard and things can be addressed um, and actually I think that's quite an important term being psychologically safe some of some of the reports I read from the the looking glass survey when people were saying that they'd like to be hit by a train on their way to work because not not severely injured but just enough to keep them off work for a bit and I and that resonated with so many people that I spoke to and that is terrible but everybody went oh yeah I felt that stressed by the situation at work that I'd rather be off sick for a bit Mm, yeah some of the the testimony in that survey was absolutely awful wasn't it I want with, with your producer hat on, Mary. Or you you mentioned the the, the day job. So have, have you do you, have you do you feel like there's been a shift like um, over the past however many years in terms of all of this stuff, like on a day to day basis, or or has it just kind of flatlined? Well, I'm hearing good things that people are putting phone numbers on call sheets about who to contact if you, if you've got a problem and if it's about bullying harassment or if it's about inappropriate behavior in the workplace this is the person to speak to and this is the, the number you know whether that's HR or whether that's somebody in production that's brilliant I think that's a really good step so that's just automatically letting you know that they acknowledge that their things can't always be perfect but there is a, there is a solution they want to help I think some people are talking to their teams at the beginning of a production and saying this is how things should be run. These are my expectations. If there's a problem, this is what we should do. And I think that's great. Some of the time, if you're junior, you just don't know who you should talk to or how things are structured. So I think that's looking up. But I mean, I only started banging the drum about bullying about a year ago. So, you know, the film and TV charity have been doing brilliant work. Other people are doing great work as well. I think things are starting to shift, but I think we're at that point now where we're having the uncomfortable conversations before, you know, change is scary, but we are getting to the point where things are beginning to change. Great. Thank you for that. I I wanted to kind of ask both of you in terms of who who and what organisations and what places should people be signposted to at this moment if they did want to report something? And then obviously there's been a, a uh, big kind of uh, a lot of people have been reaching out um, off the back of last week's um, kind of accusations. And I wondered if both of you now had a kind of second to to kind of point some people in the right direction if they did have um, an issue or an incident they wanted to report. Alex, maybe you first. Sure. Well, the first port of call should always be the employment channels. So the production company that you were employed by where that incident happened if it's not straightforward to figure out 
who that would be within the production company, then you should ask, I think, the production manager who you could speak to. If you need some support making that report, then that's part of the service that the charity, the film and TV charity can provide. And part of the service of the, the Bullying Pathway Service is to help support people use those channels because sometimes you know if you've not done it before and you don't know what the process is going to be like it can be quite an intimidating thing and quite a high you know mentally just quite a high hurdle to cross to start that conversation and begin that process so we can help support you in that process and and help you navigate it there are also some services provided by the broadcasters so for example channel four has its speak up service that's available to freelancers as well and actually through our website now we have an anti-bullying directory of resources so that's quite a good first port of call as well where you'll see everything that we're currently aware of that's a sort of evolving resource so we will add names and routes for support and reporting to that directory as we go as we go along I'm sure Mariel will add that if you're a member of a union then you can speak to your union as well for support and guidance you know clearly if you're having a you know very serious if there's a very serious mental health impact then there may be different sources of support that you want to seek out including mind and the samaritans as well mariel do you want to add yeah i mean Bexy recently started an unscripted arm they've traditionally been a, a scripted union for, for a long time but unscripted covers things like entertainment and that i think has been brilliant so they can speak up for you they can be you can be anonymous and they can take a complaint to your employers and I think that can be really really helpful if people are genuinely quite quite scared and worried about speaking up there's also lots of really great things going on within the industry uh with like the tv mindset is a really good support obviously film and tv charity which by the way were the first people that I went to when I had a problem and they were absolutely brilliant also things like women in film and tv can give you support as well so those are the main ones I'd say. Amazing well thank you so much we're honestly we're so impressed by the work that you guys are doing and hopefully things will continue to to progress um, so big thanks and, and big thanks for joining us on the the podcast uh, we, we couldn't quite let you go without asking you what you've been watching which is our, our favorite question to, to ask our guests so <laughs> Mary you're looking slightly uh, slightly <laughs> sheepish about it but uh, what, what have you been watching on TV? Uh, what have I been watching? Oh God, probably something embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> Nothing's embarrassing. I, I love so I love ghosts. Uh, BBC One Ghosts. I find that very silly and funny by the horrible histories lot. Also been enjoying Call My Agent. Feels feels like every every podcast I've done lately, Call My Agent has been up there. Is it? Yeah, it's been the ringleader of. The yeah, shows. it's we're on the what we've been watching tally. I think it's winning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if such a tally existed. <laughs> How, how about you, Alex? Are you another tally for Call My Agent? No, I'm not actually. So that's a good tip. Thank you. Um, I'll add that to my watch list. Like the rest Dude, of it. I love it. I've been watching. I uh, I got slightly obsessive about Line of Duty in a potentially quite unhealthy fashion, uh, reading lots of internet theories. And I think I think maybe the last episode maybe I I think was was better than we all realised at the time we were watching it. <laughs> and my my light relief has been, I've been a bit late coming to Schitt's Creek, but it's oh, lovely and, and I enjoy it very much. So that's my, yeah, at the end of a, a difficult day, like the ones we've all had recently, a bit of Schitt's Creek is what cheers yeah. me up. 
Shit's Creek is amazing. As well, when you get to the end, it's just a complete sob fest. Oh, I didn't know right. a comedy could make you cry quite so much <laughs> as that did. It's great. So good. Um, well, thanks, guys, so much. It was, it was really lovely to have you on. And uh, to echo Max, you guys have been both doing incredible work in this space. And so thank you. And I hope that it kind of continues to grow. If you would like to speak to somebody about bullying and harassment, you can call the Film and TV Charities 24-Hour Support Line on 0800 054 0000 to speak to a bullying advisor. Or you can use our online resources at www filmandtvcharity.org.uk slash bullying. Thank you for listening to the Broadcast News Wrap with the fantastic duo of Alex Pumphrey and Mariel Beale. I've been Hannah Bowler and I've been co-hosting with Max Goldberg. This podcast was edited by John Elms. You can check out past episodes of the podcast on Spotify and iTunes or on the website by www.broadcastnow.co.uk.